listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey everyone, welcome back to our not quite so monthly update with property managers around town. I think I missed the last two months in December and January, maybe three months based on the face that uh, Ellie is making at me right now. Just things get really busy and that was one of the things. Uh, I love doing them, just takes a lot of coordination, but we're back doing them. And my first guests are Ellie and Devin Reimer at Arrowwood Property Management. Guys, glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, Chris, yeah. thank you for having us. Yes, so hey. it's been two, I think maybe three months now since we chatted, so which is, you know, feels like an eternity with COVID going on, but mm -hmm. give us a rundown. You know, really since, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas timeframe, how's the market been going? How's the rental payments been going, not going? Like what's, what's the lowdown? So I'll take the first piece of this. So like November, December, we were typical, normal. We had our outliers. Um, you know, the pressure was on with the tenants and the media that we were going to get lifted. We could start evictions, blah, 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 blah. Uh, December, we did process some evictions and they went through the courts. Um, those were our long time, you know, people that weren't uh, paying at all. Um, did you actually get them out of, the, out of the property though? In January, we did. So okay. I got posted a couple times in December and then, you know, they always put an automatic stay around the holidays anyways, even pre-COVID. Okay. So we came into January um, and we have a new president and, um, January 1st, it was lifted that we could start evicting. So everybody started running and getting evictions done and stuff like that. And then we got an automatic stay again until the end of September. Um, so our court evictions were a little unique, uh, but we did get through quite a few. I, what we're seeing here at Arrowwood is the minute we evict and get possession, um, one or two things do happen. They come and they fight us and file all the forms and say they were COVID related or they don't show up and then they just move out. So that's been a blessing. Um, but January was a very, very rough month. It's probably one of the roughest months I've seen in 16 years for sure. Um, January historically is always a tough month. Uh, people spend too much money on Christmas and then they come back and figure out they have to pay rent January 1st. And they're like, Oh my God, I don't have rent. Mm. Um, so thank God there's some, programs out to start helping the owners. Um, but January was a rough month. February, I can see there's been a different lift. People are starting to file taxes um, and movements coming and, you know, there's some hope, but uh, delinquency has been rough. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's probably the hardest I've ever seen it. I think we're seeing what we have been talking about uh, for like the last, I don't know, eight months or so. It's people are, it, it's catching up to people. Balances are bigger. And they still can't pay. Um, Thank God we have pop. Yeah. P.O.P. Not P.O.T. P.O.P. Thank God we have pop. <laughs> I said that to an owner the other day. He's like, you're registering me in pot? I go, no, pop. <laughs> well, that, that um, might be a good thing for sometimes to yeah, relax, exactly. right? <laughs> but um, it's pretty awesome because we have a full-time person running that now because it, it literally is a full-time job. You mean, you mean a full-time person, your staff, just coordinating, uh, helping tenants get through, get the pop yeah. payments? Mm -hmm. Yes, because it's like you have to register the company and then you have to register the employee, I mean, the tenant, you have to register the owner. And then, you know, she's trying to track down owners to get the paperwork and then she's trying to track down tenants. Um, so it's been a very unique um, piece. I really didn't think it was going to be this many man hours, um, but it's obviously worth it. Um, but and now we're seeing more and more people go on the program. Like, even if they're carrying one month, I'm like, let's just submit them and be done because the eviction piece is still pretty tough. 
the only way you're really getting people out is expired leases. And so don't renew your tenants if they're not paying it. Obviously, we don't anyways, but it's uh, it's crazy. But then again, on the flip side, we're renting properties like hotcakes. So this math in this science of property management right now is baffling. So, I mean, what... I mean, so I mean, some some mixed signals here, just as far as you know, yeah. some some good stuff and some not so good stuff. So, kind of like, what's the takeaway for investors on here? I mean, like, set some expectations. You know, obviously, like you know, real estate prices are going up, interest rates right. are very cheap. A lot of people still want to go out there and invest. You know, it makes sense from like the long term fundamentals, but obviously, right. there's some some renter, you know, rental payment issues. What if someone's buying a rental, you know, now in, in quarter one this year? What would you advise them to help set their expectations and be, you know, emotionally and financially prepared for maybe some, you know, worst case scenarios? Correct. You know, I think um, I'll start out and I'll have Devin uh, finish up on this. I think that's the craziest part that's baffling us so much is that January historically was the worst month we've ever had, even through the whole COVID scene, right? So when COVID came in, everybody's like, you got to financially prepare. And we never had to. I mean, like we held on, right? People were still paying rent. We gave assistance. There was church funding there was stuff. So I'd never seen a huge delinquency. We carried a bigger delinquency, but nothing like, oh my God, right? So when I closed the books in January, I didn't want to jump off the cliff and go, oh my God, you know, this is the worst thing ever. But um, the bright side of this is seriously, and I will still firmly 100% stick to this, my turn properties and my new properties. And what I mean by a turn is when a tenant moves out and we have to remarket it. If it's price right, it's clean, it's gone. We're renting prices. We rented one of our homes in Highlands Ranch, a little one bedroom condo in like 24 hours. And I had four applicants on it. And I raised it $250 from the previous tenant. So is it still a great time to invest? Yes. But when I say 100% yes, yes, yes. I think that the inflated rental piece, like you... You know, even through the summer, we could still say, hey, if you have brand new carpet, brand new paint, we could pump it. Those pumping days are a little bit, the brakes are on a little bit more. Um, I would say we're more realistic and conservative. Devin's my comp guy. Um, he says every day, man, mom, I hate comping in reality because why? Yeah. So I would say the big thing is that it's all over the place right now. Um, I agree. It's still a great time. Um, like you said, uh, you know, still going to be a long term solid thing, um, we would imagine. The, We've seen a little bit of a slowdown in like our downtown Denver, you know, large buildings, those types of apartments for renting. But anything outside of that, especially single family, still renting um, really well. I would say if you had to change your expectations or, you know, expect something different right now would be maybe be prepared for a slightly longer um, vacancy if you're buying an empty product, uh, you know, unit. Um, That's just the unknown side that we were talking about is some of our units are just taking longer than we ever thought they would to rent. Um, and then, I mean, as long as you're, you're, you know, prepared to maybe hold on to a vacant unit for a little bit longer, I would still feel really confident. And like Ellie said, when we're placing our own tenants, it's fine. Yeah. Um, we're not having issues with those people. We are, really, really stepped up how much we're looking into tenants. I mean, of uh, sounds course, bad. we always really bad yeah, now, <laughs> I was gonna, you know, of course we're limited to what we can and cannot do. Um, we think it's really important, more important than ever right now, just because, um, you know, a lot of people are just moving out, including mm-hmm. our, it's happened a few times. People just move out. Those evictions aren't being put on people's credit. So you just have to look into the, you know, your prospective tenants, 
Um, but yeah, overall, call references. Yeah. Um, I actually taught a class last week, um, for your castle and my, you know, it was like, I felt like I just kept pitching property management and property management and property management. And it wasn't that I'm pitching property management. I just simply told all these owners, there's no way I would not manage my own units right now. I would have property management in place because I think we have not like we're bulletproof, but there's an extra layer. Like, um, I always laugh. My owners laugh. I stalk all my tenants on Facebook, even if a new applicant, because Facebook, everybody tells the truth, right? They'd be like, Hey, I just got evicted. And then they apply and say they've never been evicted. It's amazing what you can find out on Facebook. So I think we just more, um, know what's, we're trying to really know what's going on with our tenants and stuff, but like I can put a house up in Cherry Creek, um, schools, it's gone. I mean, they're gone right now. And everybody's saying they're not moving for schools. That's still incorrect. People are still moving for areas. Um, and we're pulling a lot of out-of-state people and our evictions are really based on that quarter portfolio, my servers, our bartenders, our guys that just lost grounding in March, April, and May and never pulled back up. Yeah. Those are the evictions that we're processing right now. We're not evicting new tenants. I mean, I haven't evicted anybody. Um, and when I say evictions, I'm talking like a couple of evictions for us. That's huge because we just don't, we just don't process that many evictions. Um, I was going to say the other thing that we're really seeing, and I think it's pretty cool, is our tran- our tenants are transferring within our portfolio. So are my tenants, like when a good tenant gives me notice, I almost cry um, because we have that relationship and we know they pay. And now there's like, hey, can we just move up or can we downsize? I'm like, oh. So we keep having all these transfers all over the portfolio. And that's an awesome thing to have. So... Because I, I I remember I've heard some mixed signals from different property managers. Some are saying condos are taking 60, 90 days to rent out. You just mentioned, mm-hmm. okay, now, you know, I have a few re- condos with you in Aurora and a lot of our clients do as well. And those have been, I think, slightly longer, but nowhere near like really 30 days or longer from what I can tell for, for normal stuff. Like, what, what do you say? I mean, detached properties are obviously very hot right now. Right. What's your, what are you seeing on the condo side? Because this is like one of the things I'm seeing just different different opinions, different results on this. I talk to different property managers. Downtown's brutal. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Maybe it's Downtown's our condos. Tough. Maybe it's the units we manage. It seems like all of them. I know I've said this before on the podcast, but they're all like right next to the homeless camps and like the worst places to be. <laughs> so that's why, you know, maybe that's just our portfolio seeing a slowdown in those types of areas. Um, you know, I have a couple of fourplexes out in Westminster. Um, and one of them actually, you know, was yours. We got the tenant out and we rented that in what, like four days. Um, and that was right that, after Christmas, yeah. New Year's, right? Yeah, it, it was right after. And here's the crazy part for me is like that, I, the Highlands Ranch unit that I was prefer- referring to at first, three years ago in a solid market, I sat on that for 61 days. And it was at 13 and a quarter in the Highlands Ranch area. Insane. I could not rent this place to save my life. So the owner's freaking out, right? I put it on the market now in hot COVID, $14.95, rented it in two days, four apps behind it. So wow. it's insane. Like for all of us, you know, I talked to a lot of the property managers. It's just, there's no science right now. I mean, like nothing really makes sense. And if you're running days on market, like all of us do, um, your outliers do kill you. Um, but I would still say, you know, I just had a Robin Wood come up now and we rented it in uh, 16 days. Okay. And usually I run them in, you know, like seven days. So, I mean, a, a nine day swing, who, yeah. who cares right now? But to refer back to Devin's thing downtown, I mean, we, 
we're just, it, it's just, it's, we're swimming down there. We're having a hard time yeah. down there. And, you know, we don't necessarily specialize. Um, most of our stuff is Aurora. Yeah. More suburban areas that you could say. Yeah. So maybe it's just our portfolio. And I think the other property manager companies, I mean, we're all kind of swinging. I mean, it's a tough market right now. I mean, it's just tough. It's, I mean, it's tough for like what we're still dealing with because maintenance still comes in, right? So if a building's not paying, maintenance still happens. So I tell my owners, we have this discussion every time. Unfortunately, you're going to have to have reserves. Um, oh, yeah. It, yeah, you've got to have reserves even be back. And that's the blessing about you and your team is you guys educate these guys. So I don't have these conversations with your investors. Um, it's like the new guys, like just bought a, you know, fourplex and something breaks and they're like, oh my God, nobody paid rent. Well, you still have to fix it. I mean, it's tough. <laughs> it's a tough game. So we have a few minutes left. I want to ask you to kind of pivot on the question that we were talking about. Um, frozen pipes. We're recording this on a Tuesday after uh, a that bitter mid-February cold winter. You guys have some frozen pipes, right? Or your clients have some frozen pipes. A few. I mean, what do you have to say about that? And what tips can you give to landlords? Because I have a feeling that's going to happen. I'll, I'm going to talk to other people with the same issues. I mean, so... if you have tenants, uh, I'm okay. Of course, it's going to be building dependent. You know, older buildings definitely have higher risk. Right now, uh, it's everybody. I'm it sorry. is everybody. <laughs> I mean, we have issues with new homes too. But in general, older homes more risk. Talk to your tenants. Let them know you have to have the heat on. If you have a vacant unit, please turn the heat on. <laughs> like that's so. It seems simple, but it's really easy to forget about, you know, you're not living there, uh, and all that. That's something we know to do, but keep your heat on. So, you know, Devin doesn't really bet on the maintenance side the last 65 hours. So let's talk about the frozen pipes. Um, frozen pipes have been, it's a tough game because you feel, re, you know, like I don't feel, I mean, I take responsibility when I have to call an owner and say, we have massive damage. Um, I will tell you guys that most of our portfolio that has broken pipes are all occupied units. And there's stupid like calls like, hey, I don't have hot water underneath my sink. And then that defrost and it blows. And I think the toughest part is a management company and us not sleeping and running the calls is there's only so many plumbers, right? And there's only so many um, uh, restoration teams. So <laughs> when you call these restoration teams that usually are out at your property within 35 minutes, they're like, hey, I'll, you know, we're like, like 16, 18 hours. And then the equipment has to stay in the property for seven to 10 days. So as we warm up through the week, more pipes are going to break and there's only so much equipment and so many people. So um, I think I tell my owners, I've repeated this conversation like 55 times in the last 72 hours. We all have to work together as a team. Um, you know, some of our tenants are in hotels. Um, my plumber will be there as fast as he can. Um, and God bless the plumbers, man. If you got a good plumbing team, give them a bonus or a six pack of beer. Cause those guys are running on 20, 22 hours, no sleep. They're running around the clock. We get calls at 4am, 2am giving us updates. They're trying to heat all our pipes. We haven't seen a freeze like this. And I think they said what, 16 years or something like this. Yeah. I guess. Wow. It's not over. Cause all the pipes are not defrosted. So I've had calls that came in Friday to Saturday morning that my plumbing teams have rechecked on and they're still frozen solid. Wow. All right. Well, good luck with all that. Um, appreciate you guys as always just sharing the data. Yes. Uh, so this is Ellie and Devin with Airwood Property Management. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you having know. us. Hey, 
Hey everyone, so now I have Anne-Marie Sunday with Legacy Property Management on, and it's been, I think, three months, Anne-Marie, so we're going to go back and kind of catch up on some, uh, you know, how rental payments have or not been the last couple months. We're just coming out of this crazy freeze we had mid-February. We'll talk about some updates on there. And plus, you're very active on the legislature front, legislative front as well. So we'll get some updates on that. But let's start off with just how your portfolio and how your you know investor's portfolio has been performing the last two or three months. And you are predominantly like detached single-family homes. And you've had some amazing rent collections, but that was three months ago. You still 100%? Still 100%. Wow. I got great tenants. Um, we're, we are kind of deciding maybe not to take the the lower condos. I, w I don't want to say they're lower end, but lower price points, um, just so that I don't have to deal with um, some of the new legislation that's been put into place now. But yeah, we are still 100% and tenants are cooperating, communicating. There's plenty of money and plenty of resources for these tenants. So there's really no reason um, for their not, them not to cooperate uh, in getting their rents in. And I remember, I mean, so I, I think with a lot of the tents you have, a lot of them are, are, are good positions where they can just work remotely for their job. And beyond that, have you had many that had to use like the, the POP program or these other programs help, help uh, pay for rent or back rent? I only had one um, that, that, uh, utilized pop and actually the owner applied for the pop and the tenant cooperated. You know, it's a shame because we lead them to these sources. This literally is a source where the government has money that will give them rent and they think we're lying. I, even the attorneys will say they like, we are in an eviction. Here's a place where you can get money free and it won't go on your record. And they just think, no, that can't be true. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So um, it's unfortunate that the pop program, while there, uh, there is potential legislation to make it, quote unquote, better because there was an approval of additional funded money and at Thanksgiving for tenants that are struggling. Um, but right now, if an owner applies for the pop program, the tenants have to sign off. They have to agree to that. They have to do a CDC affidavit. And that's where the tenants think that there's a game, there's a catch. And so some the one owner that did it, she waited six months for her money, which is ridiculous. So I've reported that into the legislative body uh, on Capitol Hill. And so I have seen some drafts of it getting modified or changed, reworked. So it's not like that. All right. And I want to ask you more questions on in a minute, but uh, kind of circling back around. So obviously you have strong rent collection. Only one yeah. tenant had to utilize the rent assistance, which is great. Yeah. Just in general, just as far as like uh, leasing activity, uh, upping rents, what's kind of just the feel you're, you're having across your portfolio now the last couple months and moving into, you know, moving into uh, early March. Busy time. Yeah, it's getting into busy time for sure. We have not stopped leasing. We just had a phenomenal lease month for February again. Um, still, single family homes are what are in demand. People are still moving here. People are still moving despite COVID. So we can't keep a house on the market for more than 30 days. They they go up and they're leased within, within 30 and some of them are moved in within that 45 day. It's amazing to me. 
Um, the condos still sit every bit of 90 days. There's not a, there is not a demand for a condo. It's not a good investment in my opinion. What part of town are these condos sitting for 90 days? Is that like down in Highlands Ranch, Parker or in Denver? No, we had a downtown condo that's been on, um, for 90. Okay. Downtown. Uh, uh-huh. We also have several in Centennial, High, not really Highlands Ranch. We don't have any condos in Highlands Ranch, but yeah, I mean, there's suburbias definitely sit. It's, you might have a little bit higher chance of renting in downtown, but during COVID downtown was shut, shut mm-hmm. down. So nobody was renting out there either, but it's just a struggle. That's not what's moving into Denver. It's families. Yeah. I'm sure. Right. Cause I mean, definitely like, you know, we, we, you know, myself, all of our investors and a lot of stuff in like Aurora, more of the, you know, the class C class B stuff. And those fortunately for us, we're not seeing those longer turnaround times, but I think that's kind of the, you know, uh, just that different market. But I'm surprised for that long in other parts of town. Yeah, you, you also run into a HUD is very aggressive in Aurora. So they are subsidizing housing much more aggressively in Aurora, especially. So um, if you're not subsidized housing approved, you could very likely get subsidized housing approved or get on their list. Um, so there's more susceptibility there. Um, yeah, it, it's been a great, it's been still, we are very active in leasing. We are still bringing on properties, houses. Um, you know, w- yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how many, um, owners and the more owners learn, uh, you know, about what the legislation is or what they don't or do want to get involved with, with their rentals. Um, we get calls for that. So, you know, Okay. And yeah. something you had mentioned right before we, we hit record on here, Amory, was that, uh, you know, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday after we had that like crazy cold front that came through and the, it dropped in the negatives. And you said you had five houses with, perp, uh, with, uh, frozen pipes. Frozen pipes. Yeah. So what happened and how can, you know, other investors hopefully help avoid that? Um, so I sent a whole new protocol to all my tenants, uh, over the weekend, actually yesterday. Um, so the, the plumbers are running around like chickens with their heads, heads cut off, probably the same as the HVAC guys are. Thankfully, I have no heat, heat out, but I do have, I have had two houses without hot water and three houses with frozen pipes. And it's just this long duration of frigid temperatures that froze them. Now, a couple of my tenants did all the right things and we, there was nothing we could do, but they opened up their cabinet doors on, for the sinks to get heat in there. Some of them had blow dryers going. I mean, just to keep, but the big thing is we tell them, you know, let it drip, like turn the water on and let it drip, sleep with it like that. When it's this cold, any external pipes, um, on the external walls are susceptible to freezing. And the plumber said, I'm not surprised. The big thing now is when it defrosts, hopefully we don't have a cracked pipe, which one we just got the call. It it was cracked. Oh no. So we do have remediation headed to that house right now, but you know, these are not, you know, these are houses in brand new saddle rock over in Littleton. I mean, it's not, it it can happen to any of us, but, um, doing some proactive things. We, we warned our tenants, crank your heat up. Don't be cheap. (laughs) Keep some movement in the house and any of our vacant properties we have that are being shown right now, we have a whole protocol for that as well pretty much turn the water off and, and let it bleed out. But okay. 
Well, good yeah. luck with getting all that cleaned up and hopefully yeah. nothing too bad for your investors and your tenants. Um, no. Now, the legislation, I know, you know, we were emailing back and uh, you're emailing me a lot of updates a few weeks ago. You yeah. are very active. Um, kind of tell us what you're up to and some legislation. We got a few minutes left. Can I give us a rundown? And the plan is just to do a more in-depth talk about this uh, in the near future. Sure. So I am now accepted a position, unpaid, volunteer, as the Colorado, uh, it's the, the uh, coalition is the Colorado Landlord Legislative Coalition. We like to say CLLC because that whole other part is a, is a mouthful, but you can Google it. There is a website. I am the lobbyist liaison. They do have a lobbyist. This is not just for property managers. I would encourage anyone that is self-managing to be part of this coalition. This is where your voice gets to be heard uh, on Capitol Hill. So legislative uh, legislation took one month reprieve. So they were supposed to start in January. They actually started today. Uh, bills, I am seeing bills in their draft form, so I can't talk about specifics, but I've been on probably 25 draft bill Zoom calls with the legislators as a representative for the property management or managing owner of single family homes. There isn't another group in Denver Metro. There's the apartment association. They, they obviously have represent apartments. There's the mobile home, but there's never been a single family. So we're super excited about it because now we have a voice. I spent too much time feeling like there we weren't getting anywhere when we were testifying two years ago in front of the Senate and the House. And we're making a difference because now we're at the stakeholder meetings with the with the bill drafts. So what does that mean exactly? Like while while the legislators are like drafting up the bill, you guys are there to able to to comment and also just say, hey, like when they're saying, hey, this sounds good on paper, but here's the unintended consequences. You know, downstream. Nice. I don't even. You're nice. I don't even say it sounds good on paper because it never does. Okay. <laughs> but but I will tell you that these people, these legislators, have a very set set of constituents, and my my representation to all of us single family homeowners is you can't carte blanche create a bill that is more specific to an unfair apartment housing provider than a single family because you're destroying, you know, many of our single family homeowners, that is their retirement. They're living off of that rent and these legislators are killing us. So um, yes, to answer your question, we get to see it in a draft form before it's issued as a formal bill. Hopefully we can make um, impact to have them modify or change or negotiate and then, of course, when it goes to bill, then it will be public knowledge. And um, almost always we almost always we testify either for or against. And I'm going to tell you, these bills are not they are not. I mean, they're having to do with the eviction moratorium being extended way farther than what the national moratorium is right now. Nationally, they're looking at extending it again. We're talking about late fee caps. We're talking about rent control. I mean, if you want a voice, join the CLLC if you're a single family homeowner. And is the best place to go to the website? Yep. And for literally $60 a year, seriously, you can know what's going on. We update our, our members. It's a very new group, but we do have a full-time lobbyist. That's who I work with. So he's on Capitol Hill the entire time. Oh, cool. And what's the website? Is it a... 
It's Colorado Landlord Legislative Coalition.org. Okay, so go there or Google it and that should pop up too, right? And we'll we'll put a link in the show notes too, but it sounds like the easiest way is just for me, everything is just Google it and it pops up. Yep. And if they ever want to have a conversation with me about what's going on, they can shoot me a message or an email or something. I'm happy to have a conversation, but I'm, I mean, that is my really my full-time job until May, until we're out of session. Oh, wow. Well, I know that is a lot of work. So thank you. I'm, I'm glad I'm going to check that out. And hopefully a lot of our listeners do as well. And we'll, we'll kind of, as we do the property management updates, keep us up up to date on there as well for awareness and hopefully get more members and voices behind because it sounds like that's a, a much needed voice in the process. Absolutely. We do the call to actions. We need people behind us to, I mean, the legislators have said you need a group to be heard and, and this is it right here. If you guys have not have been happy with what's coming down, been coming down, now's the time to have your voice. So we do do call to actions asking you to represent, you know, write it straight into your representative or your Senator we ask that you maybe if you're comfortable testifying, it's all Zoom right now. They're not letting people do live testimony into the Capitol. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of work, but um, I own three rentals and I manage 175 doors and it's important to me. So I'm happy to do it. Um, it's an honor. Perfect. Well, Amory, thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, everyone. Now I'm talking with Gray Hall with Everness Property Management, formerly GK Houses. A few months ago, they they rebranded now into Evernest. So great. Glad to have you back on the podcast. I'm assuming you're like all the other property managers and you're, you're busy with frozen pipes right now. So I've heard some horror stories. And I appreciate you still uh, giving some data on here. So yeah, first off, how are you, man? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, I had a crazy weekend with uh, the low temps in Denver. Had a couple of frozen pipes and a bunch of no heats that always seem to surface when uh, when you don't want them to. So, uh, yeah, we're good. Staying busy. Good. Um, now, it's been, I mean, two or three months since we did our last our last po- uh, property manager update with you. Kind of walk us through, like, how was everything really since, you know, Thanksgiving through Christmas, and now we're at middle of February. Just how was that November to end of January time frame? Because I know historically, yeah. like, that can be some, you know, rougher times for rent collection. But now with COVID, that mm-hmm. throws a big curveball in there. So what's been going on the last few months? Yeah. I mean, been pretty consistent. We're, we're typically high nineties on like our total collected rent year over year. I was looking at the data in January and February, we were about 2% less collected. So kind of 2% in the wrong direction, but when you're still talking about 95 to 96%. So kind of overall in the whole portfolio collections have still been high. Um, so from that regard, things have, uh, yeah, still been encouraging every month. You're kind of checking it and, looking to see how it rolls in. And uh, yeah, so been encouraged by that because yeah, you're right. Around Christmas, people are spending money, sometimes in other things besides the rent. Um, so it kind of adds another wrench into, uh, into things. But yeah, collections have been good. We're, uh, we're tracking to be kind of high 90s still. Okay, so I mean, not too much different from last year, but a couple percent lower, but nothing, nothing dramatic. Yeah, I mean, nothing that's kind of raising the red flag. It's kind of the compounding effect of, of everything going on. You do have a few more tenants who are having issues with employment, but the majority of our tenants, I mean, they're working from home. And so kind of depending on, you know, what types of tenants you have in there and kind of what their work from home situation is and with things kind of slowly starting to open back up, um, you know, not not super concerning from, uh, from our standpoint. All right. And what about just, um, you know, Leasing activity, bumping rents. What are you seeing in the you know other yeah. other areas besides rent collection? 
So this, yeah, kind of the Thanksgiving to call it into January, February stretch is typically like the worst leasing season. So, you know, what we're seeing is we're not going rents a ton. Um, and so we typically do that in the off season, kind of call it the off season leasing. So not pushing rents a ton, trying to get it you know, about where the market was, or at least where it was rented at before, but really advising owners, Hey, this is the slowest time of the year. It's the coldest, not as many people new to Colorado. So we're, we're keeping that in mind. We're doing kind of rent analysis. Um, but just the same things like downtown condos that are older, kind of those older build condos with less amenities, still really tough to lease. I mean, two of our three longest like days on the market properties are in that area. One's in Cap Hill and one's off Colfax. What's like the, I mean, these are like the 1960s mm-hmm. and, yeah. and they like the two, three bedroom size stuff. Yeah, I think we've got a one, one and then a two, one. Um, so on the smaller end and with people wanting to work from home, have an office. They're just not wanting to pay those prices downtown. Like I was, I was actually looking at the, our longest property, that one one condo. It was previously rented at sixteen hundred, and we are on the market at twelve ninety five right now. Oh wow! So sig- significant rent drop um, in order to get the interest there. So you just kind of another like single family homes are renting. You know, if you price them right, you can get market rent. And basically, all the properties like when we put single families up, they go they go really quickly. So all the properties we're still kind of leasing that have been hanging out there are multifamily or, you know, apartment type um, stuff. And so just kind of pricing that in mind, single families are going to go really quick. Um, people want that space. They're okay to pay lower rents and move outside the city. And so we still got, um, you know, they're moving. You just got to price them accordingly. And they're sitting out there longer than the single families. Okay. And in terms of this, like, I'm going to pivot questions here with you, Gray. So just in terms of like, just, uh, you know, some general advice to investors out here. So, you know, as you know, interest rates are super low. The long-term fundamentals of Denver look very, you know, very optimistic, but we're gonna have some choppy times here with, you know, rent collections and changing moratoriums and all this stuff. Like what advice do you have for, for people buying investment properties quarter one of 2021, Mm -hmm. like help set them, set some expectations for their finances, their emotions, their expectations. Yeah. Like, what would you advise people right now? Like, hey, you're buying a property, which, hey, makes sense, but be prepared for this. Or what would you advise them? Be conservative on rents. Know kind of what tenant class. If you're in Section 8, you kind of know what that is, but don't try to make a deal work. And, you know, we've seen that prices increase. Don't try to make the deal work and, you know, put a rent kind of estimate in there that you're not sure of. The other thing is be wary of, you know, buying properties that have tenants already in place. You know, looking into, you know, who approved them, what was their approval criteria. We've seen some stuff with that where you take on a property, great, it's turnkey, instant money. But in this kind of environment of tough to get tenants out and kind of all that stuff in the air, I would be wary of that. Let me ask you a question on that because I mean, I see, you know, we, yeah. we do a lot of that while we're buying properties and yeah. there's definitely, you know, limited data that property managers can share on their screening process for like, hey, the yeah. tenant's background. So, in those situations, like what, what advice do you have for, for us and investors out there? Yeah, that's, that's, it's a great question. I mean, ideally they've, if they've been in there for a long time, getting the rent roll, but if you're buying from a mom and pop landlord, a lot of times what we're getting from rental verification is yes, they live here and yes, they pay on time. So yeah, yeah I mean, it totally is tough, but just take it into consideration where you've got to make sure you've got to have the reserves there and kind of plan for worst case, have the reserves if something does happen and it takes, you know, 60 days to get the tenant out of there. Um, and then if you're buying from somebody that you know, was a management company asking, did that management company screen it? Did they take it on? Was it a long-term tenant? Um, and then if, you know, kind of working with you guys, if you, you know, know who they're buying from and kind of, you know, trust the, you know, the manager or the investor, how they screen their tenants, like that, that puts you in the best position, but you're totally right. 
we're not able to give out credit scores and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so it does make it challenging. That's why I kind of throw it out there. Um, do a little bit more research, ask as many questions as you can. You can't get all the information, but be prepared if the tenant is freshly in there and you don't have track record, you know, or you know, kind of depending on the class, just kind of be prepared for, you know, if there is, you know, rent collection issues, kind of have that just to be able to cover that. All right. Good to know. And I kind of cut you off here. I think, were you going to mention one or two other items or did you lose your train of thought? Yeah, it's super competitive out there. I mean, if y'all you know, y'all come across a lot of off-market properties, you know, being able to get people those kind of deals. So working with somebody who has that off-market access, maybe it's an investor who just wants to offload the property, you know, that, that kind of puts you in a good position to find a deal. It doesn't necessarily once you have the deal, but you know, y'all are y'all are working hard to kind of find all these off-market leads. And so um, yeah, working with somebody who can help find you those. Well, we're like everyone, we we all need more inventory. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's right, the, man. It's crazy out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So, but overall you're, I mean, no, no, no cliffs in the horizon that we're about to uh, drive off of. You think? I just don't see it. You know, yeah. I, I really just don't. I mean, long-term still believe in Denver and Hey, we're, we're collecting 96% of rent. So we're talking about kind of really small percentage chances that you need to factor in when you're looking at a property. But overall, I would look at our collection numbers and our, our median days on market, we're finding tenants within 20 days. So price it right. Don't you know push the rents right now and you know find quality tenants. Make sure whoever's screening them, if you're screening it yourself, make sure you've got a really good set process. Or if you're using a management company that they are, you know, checking on employment, making sure that their hours haven't dropped, making sure that any kind of new regulations coming out, checking with previous landlords, did they pick up and leave because they couldn't pay the rent? Like all those kind of things. So that's kind of the short term, but long term, I mean, shoot, yeah, it's great to be in the Denver and kind of all along the front range. Great. Yeah. Great. As always, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoyed it, Chris. Enjoyed it. Thank you, man. All right. So this is Gray Hall with Evernest. And of course, the link and contact details in the show notes. Thanks, Gray. Awesome. Thanks, Chris.